Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. The Lord is in this place. Ah! Oh, man. What you have no idea about is... I, I'm, so, I'm so glad we were singing that song uh, because on Thursday... It's my habit to just walk these rows and pray for you. And I, I, as many of you know, we've been praying uh, the last half of this year, this Ezekiel 37, Valley of Dry Bones, that God would take us from the Valley of Dry Bones and he would bring us into Isaiah 43, this, this season of new beginnings. And so as I began to walk all of these rows and, and pray over the seats, uh, the thing that kept coming to my mind was what, the Lord told Ezekiel, and he told Ezekiel, said, I want you to, to declare and say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So all I could do the whole time I'm walking and praying is I'd go to those seats and I'd say, and I'd look right at the seat you're sitting in, and I'd say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And, and now, now some of y'all are old school, and, and you remember that preacher be like, hear the word of the Lord now. And it, what he really meant is, uh, God is so angry with you, and you're in your sin, uh, and you need to repent and come before a righteous and angry God to forgive you. Somebody didn't grow up in that church. I, I did. I, 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 I grew up with an angry God. That's the God I grew up with. I don't think the preacher meant, meant that. I don't think anybody meant that, but it just kind of came out that way to me. But when I began to pray, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, was because that, that prophecy from Ezekiel is dry bones coming to life. Dry bones, the spirit of God filling you and bringing you out of whatever your dry wasteland is and bringing you into new beginnings. And as we were singing that song, what I realized is what we are getting ready to do right now is hear from the Lord. You're not just going to hear from me. I hope when you leave, you're not just hearing from me. But when you leave that you say, I think God's talked to me today. So I want you just to turn to somebody next to you and, and just tell them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. All right, keep standing. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter two, and if you are new to church, maybe you don't have a Bible, it's okay. Uh, a couple great apps I'd encourage you if you're new to the scriptures, uh, Bible Hub and uh, also um, the Bible app itself. There's a couple of them out there that you can get. And we have on, um, on we have our Advent reading plan right now going on these apps and, and it's just an opportunity for you to connect with God and. I've been loving this Advent season. This is the final week of Advent. And I'm so thankful for uh, the men and women in these seats who have been doing our Friday fast videos. Uh, come on, can we just kind of give them a little bit of love? They need a little bit of love on that one. 
because uh, they're all, it's quite a challenge. You wouldn't believe how many people I call and go, hey, would you by chance do the Friday Fast video? And they go, no. Or worse, the worst thing is they just ghost me. They don't even text me back. And I don't know if it's because they don't want to fast or if it's because they're like, I ain't doing that. I ain't getting on camera. I ain't gonna have everybody seeing me and doing all that kind of stuff. So I'm thankful for those who've done that. This is our final week. Big week in the church. Big week for us as followers of Jesus. So what we have done is intentionally this week, we are carving out some time because it's gonna get crazy, right? And you can just focus on Jesus. Uh, we're gonna be here Wednesday night, our Advent open prayer. Pastor Eric and also uh, JC Spears is gonna be leading unplugged worship for us on Wednesday, six o'clock right here. We're praying specifically for family, so I'd encourage you to come with your family and pray together as a family. And maybe you want prayer over your family. Laura and I would love to pray for you and your family. And then Friday, we're gonna do our, our Friday fast. Uh, we're gonna fast right before the Christmas season. And that for you might be a meal, it might be the whole day, I don't know, just whatever you want, you want to do. I'd encourage you, if you've never fasted before, this would be the perfect time to do it, right at Christmas. Um, and don't just do it because it's like, well, I know what I'm getting ready to eat, so I need one meal off so I can pack it in the next couple days after. That's, that's not what fasting is. Luke chapter two. So we've been in this series called Christmas Chaos. And we all know that this is just a chaotic time of year, but let's just be honest. It's not just Christmas time. We've been talking about in this series that this is all 365 of them, isn't it? It's just a microcosm. It's just a highlight, a spotlight on how our lives, our lives are nuts. They are, they're busy. They are stressful. We, we live in this constant state of hurry. And so during this series, we've been, uh, the series really has been inspired by this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. This book is something our, leader, our leaders and staff went through early this year, and it really made a major impact uh, on our lives, this preacher included. And we have copies of this book, so if you want to get it, it uh, it's, it's an easy read, but it's a challenging read, and we've got them out in the lobby for you, and you can pick that up. So during this series, we've been talking about how do, we, how do we push back the chaos? How do we receive this, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men? Like, where is all of that? And in this book, John Mark Comer talks about these different practices, and so we're kind of leaning into those. Uh, week one, we talked about the lure of Rome. Whew, that has helped me so much in all of the Christmas shopping, to be honest with you. The lure of Rome, like just say no to Rome. And we talked about simplicity, the simplicity of the manger. This whole series comes out of Luke chapter two. Last week, we, we talked about the, the shepherds and how they were out in the fields. And we talked about silence and solitude that God won't, God won't yell over the noise in your life. He's not gonna shout. He's found in the quiet places of the, the field. So this week, we're gonna go back to the shepherds. Luke chapter two, and we're gonna talk about another practice that is was a practice of the church for 2,000 years, but for some reason, in the past few decades, it's gotten lost. I don't know why, but it just has, and that's the practice of Sabbath. And we're gonna find Sabbath actually right here in the Christmas story. So Luke chapter two, and I'm gonna read out of the New Living Translation. Let's start at verse 12. So here's what's happening. If you're new to the scriptures, Luke is, is he's not a disciple, he's just a follower of Jesus and he wrote down this detailed account of the birth of Jesus. 
Mary has given birth. The angels have appeared to the shepherds in the field. And in verse 12, the, the angels are talking to the shepherds and says, and you will recognize him, that's Jesus. You're gonna recognize Jesus by this sign. You're gonna find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Who could not use some peace right now? Turn to somebody and say, peace be with you. Peace. Man, peace be with you. When the angels had returned to heaven, can you imagine that moment? Just stop for a moment. Think about that. They're, they're there and then they're gone. You're like, what was that? Did you see? Did you see? It's like a Bigfoot sighting. You're like, did I? Did we really see what we saw? <laughs> it could be the first time in human history that a preacher has referred to angels as Bigfoot. Not sure if that was sacrilegious or not. I'll find out later from my mother-in-law who will be eating around the table with me. Brad, you really shouldn't have said that, and I'm praying for you. <laughs> when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried. Uh-oh, wait, I thought we were eliminating hurry. This is a good hurry. They hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was that baby lying in the manger. So let's talk about this forgotten practice of Sabbath. God, man, thank you so much for this season that causes us to really reflect on you. Would you be honored? Would you be glorified? Would you speak to us in this place? As we hear the word of the Lord, we pray that dry bones are gonna come to life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Men, You may be seated. All right. Y'all buckled in? Y'all ready for the craziness of this week? Does it hit anybody that in one week, seven days, it is going to be Christmas Day? <laughs> you want to get excited, but you can't, right? So you're like, what? I always tell you, anybody like this, you tell yourself every year, I'm going to get that shopping done. I'm going to get, this is the year, I'm going to get it done. How, how many of you, uh, how many of you actually have your Christmas shopping done? Raise your hand. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that, Amazon, right? Is that what it was, Tracy? Amazon, yeah. You didn't even go out, did you? Yeah, it just makes it so much easier. But those, how many of you don't have it all done? That's me. You did, there's still some things left, okay? This is panic time for you because this is what happens. You jump on Amazon, and what, did you have this happen yet? Where you go to order something that's supposed to be here in two days, but it has that red text that says this item might be delayed till after the 25th, and you're like, No! I mean, you're, it's just craziness with the, the shopping and the, and the last minute details and little things that you forgot. And, and you got to have a, a ham for Christmas, at least around our house, because Aunt Mary and, and Laura's mom are like, we have to have a ham. We're going to have a ham for Christmas, Brad. We need you to go get the ham. You get the ham. Okay, I'm getting the ham. And don't forget the cloves. We need cloves 
for the ham. I don't even know what cloves are. I know they're the little pokey things in ham, but I don't know what, why you put them in there and what they're for. I'm at the store. I'm like, you guys sell cloves? They're like, I don't know where cloves are. I'm all over the store. Can't, I can't find cloves anywhere. So I end up over at the, at the oranges and I just pick the little green tops off of the oranges. <laughs> and I put them in a bag. And I, Here's your cloves. It's just crazy this, this season, but, but hang in there. Because Christmas Day is coming. Like in, in seven days, we, we're, we're all going to stop. Like the, the, the craziness and the stress and, and the hurry and, and all of that is going gonna, gonna to stop for, for at, at least 24 hours, right? At least. And I, I don't know if you like Christmas Day. I love Christmas Day. I've always loved Christmas Day since I was a little boy. I've always looked forward to Christmas Day. It starts Christmas Eve for me, and then it's a 24-hour journey, and I just love everything about Christmas Day because it's a day where, like, I'm not going to work, first of all, and, and I'm not, I don't have to get dressed at all. I could just I can hang out in my PJ pants and my hoodie as long as I want to. And nobody's gonna like look down on me for that. It's like, well, yeah, it's Christmas Day. That's, that's what you do. Like, I'm not gonna brush my teeth till probably noon. I mean, because <laughs> it's Christmas Day. I mean, it's just, and then it's just so much fun. And the, the, I mean, it's friends and, 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 and family and like even extended family that comes in. And I know for some of you are like, oh, here they come. But still, I mean, but even when I see them, I just... I don't know, I, I just see them and it's just the joy of that I have, actually have some time. I actually have a moment where nothing's pressing on me and I can actually talk to them and actually watch my kids uh, have joy. That's one of my favorite things about Christmas Day is the joy of children. I mean, when they just, they get up and, and, and it's like six o'clock, the, the sun's up, they're up. And, and I know we as parents, we're just like, oh my gosh, here we go. But you love it, don't you? Because you know on Monday, that's not going to be the experience trying to get them up and going to school. It's going to be the exact opposite of that, but it's Christmas Day and there's so much joy and so much fun and, and everybody's opening up gifts and everybody's excited or at least you try to act excited about what you got. Oh, wow, yeah, it's just what I wanted. Yeah, I was looking for a mobile phone holder cup holder for my car. It's what I wanted and I'm really glad that it's olive color. This is exactly... What I, you ever try to fake it like you're not, and then the person's like, you didn't want that, did you? No, I did, I really, I mean, I just, um, it's just so much joy in Christmas Day. I mean, I really do love it because Christmas Day is really a Sabbath day. Like, if you wonder what Sabbath is, it's Christmas. It's, it's the one day out of the year that most of the world like stops, no work, no nothing, just joy and fun and being together with people that you love. That's what Sabbath is. Sabbath actually comes from this Hebrew word, Shabbat. And Shabbat means to cease, it means to stop, it means to, to rest from your work. Now when most of us hear the word Sabbath, one of, one of two things comes to mind. One, oh, you know, that's just some old legalistic practice of my grandma. 
<laughs> something about not working, not mowing your lawn, can't go out to eat at the grocery store, I don't remember. But you know what? It's like, that's a Jewish thing. Um, we're, we're not bound to that anymore. I'm free from that. Or, or the other uh, reaction is, <laughs> I mean, that'd be nice to have 24 hours of nothing, but that is absolutely not possible. Like that is just ridiculous to even think about. Who could, I've got way too much to do. And so, and so we, we pass by Sabbath. Now, here's the thing that I want you to think about is nobody is saying that about Christmas Day. Like nobody is saying Christmas Day. Oh, that's some legalistic practice of my grandma. And I'm not, we're, not, we're not bound to that. The government can't tell me what to do. I mean, I, oh, I'm, I, I don't have to give, no, nobody's saying that. Like on Christmas Day, no one is saying, um, you know, I just got way too much work to do. I can't stop. I've got to do this. I got to do that. Okay, Ebenezer Scrooge. I mean, nobody's saying that. So what, what would it be? What would it look like to experience Christmas Day once a week instead of once a year? And, and is that even possible? I mean, is it even realistic to, to do that? Because I, I know... Sometimes I think, I'm, and I'm talking to myself, I'm just like, that's crazy talk. I'm putting this message together. I'm like, that's just crazy talk. Why would you tell people that? Nobody's gonna do that. It's, nobody can do that. It's not possible. But is it? Is it possible? And if it's possible, um, is it even necessary? Like, is it really even necessary to stop and cease from work for 24 hours? And what exactly am I supposed to be doing in those 24 hours? Because <laughs> it's a long time of nothing. I think we, we, we see a beautiful picture of Sabbath that I have never seen before. But I think we find a picture of Sabbath right here in the Christmas story. Uh, let's, let's go back to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, let's go to verse 12. The angels are talking to the shepherds and the angel says this, you're gonna recognize him by this sign. You're gonna find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Say it with me, what? Lying in a manger. Think about this. The shepherds show up. They've heard about Son of God, Messiah, Savior, Lord has been born. They show up. He's not sitting on a throne. He's not out performing miracles. He's not up teaching and feeding 5,000 people. No, he's, he's just lying there. He's just laying in a manger, he's, he's resting. Right here at his birth, Jesus gives us permission to rest. Well, turn to somebody and tell them, you have permission to rest. You, you have permission to rest. Not now, Curtis. I'm not talking about a nap, Curtis. I'm not talking about like right now in the service, which you typically do, but not later. But here's the thing about Sabbath. Sabbath is not like, it's not just like taking a nap. 
That's, that's not what rest means. Rest, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this. Rest is about restoration. Rest is about restoration. You wonder why your mind is breaking down, your body's breaking down, your soul is breaking down. I can tell you one of the reasons it is is because you're not resting. There's no recovery. You have to have a recovery system built in. God built in a recovery system into the universe, into a rhythm and a plan in our lives. And what it's really about, rest, is about restoration. It is about allowing your mind and your body and your soul and your spirit to catch up and to be restored so that you can go back out and do the work that God has created you to do. Because he wants you to work and he wants you to work for your glory, his glory and his honor and he wants you to do it with joy. We're gonna talk about that on Christmas Eve. How do we work for joy? And it all has to do with rest. We see it in the very beginning, don't we? Genesis chapter one. Right in the very beginning, we see that God rested. Now what's interesting is God wasn't being lazy, right? He wasn't being lazy, he wasn't being unproductive. How many of you feel that way when you're not doing something? You, you feel unproductive, you feel lazy. God didn't take a day off and go, well, you know, I'm just, man, I'm, well, I, gotta, I gotta figure out something to do. No, he purposely did it. I mean, this is, he had a lot to do, wouldn't you say? I mean, if anybody has a lot to do, it would be, it would be the creator of the universe. Yet it says this in Genesis 2.2. On the seventh day, God had, say it with me, what? Finished his work. He had finished his work of creation. Like, you think you've got a lot to do. Like, he created everything, yet he finished it so he could what? And this is important. Say it with me. He rested from all his work. In The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer says this. When we fight this work six days, Sabbath one day rhythm, we go against the grain of the universe. Another author said, if you go against the grain, you get splinters. And you wonder why you're agitated. You wonder why you're on edge. You wonder why you're frustrated. And could it be that you're going against the way in which you were created? I, I don't know how you react to hearing about the creation story, but I, I, I myself often think, well, I mean, God may have finished his work in six days, but um, my work is never finished. <laughs> Anybody ever feel that way? Like it says, uh, and God had finished his work. Must be nice. I'd love to be the creator of the universe because my work is never done. How many of you have an email box that is empty? Anybody, 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 anybody? No. That's just craziness. Nobody has an empty email box. Why? Because three minutes later, boop, there comes another one, right? Right as you got that bad boy cleaned out. I mean, it's like, it's just so, it's one. Get out your phones. I want everybody, everybody get, get out your phones. Or for some of you, get off social media right now and just jump off it for a minute. Okay? Um, stop texting that person you're getting ready to text, okay? I want you to open up your email. So look at your email, that little red dot. Got your little red dot? Everybody got your little red dot? You know where your letter red? All right, how many of you right now have over 100 on your red dot? No, how many, 100 notifications, over 100. 
Look at this, hands up, look at this. Okay. Keep your hands up if it's over uh, 500, over 500. <laughs> I'm gonna go crazy, 1,000. How many got 1,000 thousand emails? 1,000, we got one, we got three. Uh, uh, over 1,000? Uh, okay, keep your hand up. God sees that hand right now, he wants to. How many have over 2,000? Raise your hand, 2,000, 3,000. 4,000, my wife's hand is still up. How many of you got on your phone right now? 4,310 is how many my wife has on her phone right now. She's never gonna get caught up. Right now, Google servers are shutting down because of my wife. They're like, what's happening in Tulsa? I mean, it's just going, going down. I mean, and it, I mean, it just never stops, and if it's not email notifications or texts or whatever else you got, I mean, it's, it's dishes. How many of you, you get the, just, just get the dishes done, and then somebody goes, tink, and they throw another one? You're like, where did that come from? You put the kids to bed, you find spaghetti bowl in their toy box? Why is there spaghetti dried up and stuck to your Superman? And it just keeps... It just, laundry, anybody? Laundry? You know, you, you ever get laundry, you just get it all done, and you're just like, ah, the smell of clean linen. And then you turn, you're like, what is that smell? It's more laundry! It just keeps coming. Anybody got kids? You get your kids, they get in activities, oh my goodness, practices after practice after practice, and game after game, multi, and if you got multiple children, that's multiple games and multiple practices. And then at one point, you're not, the thing you're not asking is, why did we sign them up for all of this? No, what you're really asking is, why did we have multiple children? <laughs> like you look at that, that parent that's got like one kid and they're like, we're just so busy. We're so overwhelmed. Oh my God, You're like, that's not a kid, that's an accessory. Come on. <laughs> So what do we do? We just keep pushing. We just keep pushing. We, we push right through the weekend. Now, anybody remember this thing called the weekend? <laughs> There's just no such thing as the weekend anymore. anymore. Anybody remember the old, that old 80s song? Everybody's working for the weekend. Ba -da 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 -da. You want a piece of my heart? Only those of you who've seen that video and are an 80s child got that reference right there. <laughs> I mean, it's no longer everybody's working for the weekend, it's everybody's working on the weekend. Because we're just going nonstop. And here's the thing S Sabbath is not an inconvenience. Sabbath is an invitation. This, this was an invitation. It was not an inconvenience to the shepherds like, you gotta be kidding me, all the work we've gotta get done and now the Messiah decides to show up? Are you, ah, I can't go, I can't make it. Tom, you're gonna have to go in my place. Um, no, I mean, it, they showed up and it was, listen to the invitation of the angels in, in verse 14. They said, glory to God in highest heaven. And here's the invitation. Say it with me. Peace on earth. 
peace on earth to those with whom what? God is pleased. Write this down. Sabbath is a place to find peace. Sabbath is a place where we find peace. It's it's where we we push back the noise and the and the chaos and, and, and the hurry, and we just just breathe again. It creates space so you can catch your breath. Come on, encourage somebody around you and tell them it's time to catch your breath. It is time. To catch your breath. Now, you might want to turn back to somebody, it's time for you to get a breath mint. That's what it's time for. (laughs) That's not right. Sabbath is a place that we find peace. Write this down. Sabbath is a place that we find God is pleased. Sabbath, that 24-hour window, is, is, is a place where we find out that God is pleased, that Here's the thing about God's love. God's love is unconditional. And when you don't stop, you forget that because the world's love is conditional. And and what the world says is jump on this hamster wheel and, and just keep working and just keep trying to please people because we are addicted to approval. We are addicted to acceptance. We've got, I've got to be accepted. I've got to be approved. I've, I've, got to, I've got to get affirmation. And we jump on that hamster wheel to try to get it from people and then they don't give it to us or they give it to you a little bit and, and then you got to have some more of it and you just keep going round and round and round. But can I tell you this, that your approval, your, your love, your acceptance, all of that is not supposed to be found on that hamster wheel. You're supposed to stop and recognize and realize it comes from God. You are fully loved by God. You don't have to prove anything to God. Nothing to him. Can I tell you, this is, this is one of my great struggles. When I, I, I stop and I start to practice Sabbath, I'm a type A, man. I got to get going. I got to get do something. And, and when I'm not doing something, I don't know how you are. Some of you can just check out and not good on you, but not this guy. I, because when I stop, I feel lazy and I feel unproductive. And then not only do I feel lazy and unproductive, then I feel like God is talking to me and saying, what are you doing sitting around? Get, get going. Get something done. Do you not know, you do not see your list? You need to get that, and and then I start, then I transfer that approval that I'm looking for from people, that acceptance that, this is why you say yes to everything, people. This is why you say yes to work, because why? Because you want that promotion, you want to be accepted, you don't want your coworkers to think bad of you, so you just do a little bit more than you're supposed to do. It's why you say yes to family, to friends, and things that you never should say yes to. It's why we sign our kids up for things that they don't have any business being in, because if my kids don't do this, if my kid does not play tackle football in Oklahoma, they're going to take my child away. DHS is coming. (laughs) They're coming. I know they're coming. I have three boys, I know, I, I get it. And, and, and so you get on a hamster wheel and, you, and I gotta get the, and God says, you're doing it all wrong, I want you to get off the wheel because you're wore out. And I want you to stop and recognize and realize that you don't have to prove anything to me. I love you unconditionally. 
We, we see this in the life of Jesus when he grew up and he became a man before he ever did a single miracle, before his ministry ever began. Listen to what the father said about him in Matthew 3.17. A voice from the heavens said, this is what? My beloved son. With whom what? I am well pleased. You are a beloved son and daughter of God. Come on, encourage three people. You gotta find somebody in front of you, behind you, to the side of you, turn to them and say, you are, you are a beloved child of God. You are, you are a beloved child of God. You're, So here's what Sabbath does, especially for type A's, the driven ones among us. When you slow down and you stop, you learn to rest in that love. I, I'm, I'm learning that, that by not doing, by not trying to work for approval, God's saying to me, Brad, you see, you're not doing anything. And you and I approve of you. I'm pleased with you. Yeah, God, but I mean, I gotta do this and this has gotta happen and, and I know that you want this to happen and this is a dream you've given me and this is something you called me to do and this is happening over here and you've given me these children and you've given me a wife and you've given me, uh, you've given me an Aunt Mary and you've given me all these, these things and, and these people need me and, 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 and he's just, just rest in me, Brad. I, I wish it was easy for me, <laughs> but it's a challenge that I'm having to learn how to rest in the love of God. So what exactly is Sabbath? Like, like what, what, what is it? Like, what, what are we supposed to be doing for those 24 hours? I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Well, here's what Sabbath is not. Sabbath is not a day off. Okay, Sabbath is not just a day off to get caught up on all those things that you didn't get done during the week. It's, I gotta get caught up on yard work, I gotta get caught up on my shopping. That's not what, what Sabbath is. It's, it's not, a, it's not get, get caught up on Netflix. You know, I got, I'm behind by four shows, so I gotta get caught up. And it's a good, Sabbath is a great time to do that. And don't be bothering me, because I'm Sabbathing right now. That's Laura when she's on Hallmark. I am Sabbathing. So what is Sabbath? Well, here in the Christmas story, I think we find a few Sabbath practices that are, that are like hidden gems that we find here. It's in verse 16. It says, they hurried to the village, they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. What's interesting here is the very first thing the shepherds did wasn't, wasn't going to Jesus. you think that they would immediately have gone to to Jesus, but they, they didn't. It says that they found Mary and Joseph. And think about this encounter. We don't have any information about the encounter with Mary and Joseph, but just imagine with me the, that, that moment of them coming and, and they're like, see Mary and Joseph and they start telling the story to each other. Like these angels appeared to us and they, they said that he's the Messiah. And then Mary and Joseph were like, ha, same angels uh, appeared to us and told us, and, and this is him, this, this is him. And can you imagine the shared joy, the shared joy that they had in that moment together? Write this down. 
I believe that Sabbath is an opportunity for friends and family. Sabbath is an opportunity for friends and family. It's an, it's an opportunity to, to rekindle the joy of your family. It's, it's the opportunity to share joy with, 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 with friends. It's how, how often do we say, hey, we need to get together. We gotta get together. And then do you get together? No, why do you not get together? Because you're busy and I'm busy and we fill everything up. But Sabbath is this opportunity where I say, no, 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 no. I'm gonna spend time with family. I'm gonna put, spend time with friends. And can I encourage you with one practice on this too? If you're gonna spend time with family and friends, if you're gonna commit to that, put your phone away. Put your phone away. Those of you that are saying amen are the ones that need to do it the most. <laughs> Buddy Davis. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just messing with you, man. Right before the service, I said, we gotta go to lunch. That's what I said to Buddy. We gotta go to lunch. Yeah, we'll do that. I'm gonna check my calendar. We'll get together soon. <laughs> Completely forgot about it till this moment right here on the stage. I don't have my phone on me, so I can't text me right now. You have permission to text me that we gotta set up lunch. Okay, so. But it's this opportunity to rekindle joy with our, our families. And that I, one of the things that irritates me, like you wanna irritate me, go to lunch or coffee with me and get out your phone. I'm done. Because I know that you're not present. And, and I get guilty of this as well, especially at home as somebody's talking and I got my phone out and I'm trying to, I'm multitasking and while I'm on my phone, checking my notifications, I'm listening. You're not listening, you're not present, you're somewhere else. And I, I, I'm just saying, it's, this, is, this is a challenge. I, I struggle with this one, but I, I, I have a phone that doesn't have all my apps on it and doesn't have, it's not a phone and, and I have that as a separate device that I can use to like listen to music or things like that that I enjoy, but I, 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 I put up my phone. And it's been one of the best things that I've ever done. And I can be fully present. I, I, anybody remember when we didn't have these mobile devices? Anybody? <laughs> you know, it's only been 15 years. Isn't that crazy? It's only been 15 years, but we're like, oh, I can't live without it. I wouldn't be able to survive. I gotta have it. It's somewhere. My, my, my phone wasn't, they gave me a new phone and, and Friday morning is my, Friday morning I'm supposed to be spending time in prayer, I'm fasting, I'm, I'm alone by myself, I don't get on my phone all that. My phone suddenly stops working. I don't know what happened. Next thing I find myself doing, I'm, I'm messaging on my computer Megan Spears who works in, uh, with us on staff and I said, my phone's not working, can you check? I can't get a hold of him because my phone's not working. Like 25 minutes later they said, I'm sorry we can't help you, try restarting your phone. And I realized, what am I doing? I don't even need this right now. But somehow, we've been tricked by the world and, and relationships and people around us that it's something I, I have to have. And I, I just remember before mobile devices, even before there was such thing as a cell phone, um, Laura and I, when our kids were little, we didn't even have cable. And it wasn't on purpose. We couldn't afford it. <laughs> We wanted cable, we just couldn't afford it. So Sunday night was uh, family night. And so every Sunday night, we would, uh, we would do what we called talent show. And it was just goofy. 
I mean, we would just, the kids would, they'd go get dressed up, they'd go do whatever they want. I would get it, we'd, I'd stand in the entrance of the hallway and I'd go, ladies and gentlemen. And I'd do this big introduction and they'd come out and they'd do whatever their talent was. And can I tell you, I'm so glad there were not mobile phones back then because I don't know that we would have done it because I know what I would have done. I know me. I'd have gotten out my phone and I would, have, I would have videoed it or I'd have taken a picture for social media. And I wouldn't have been in the moment. But you know what's crazy? I don't need a picture. I don't need everybody to know about my family night because it's, it's, it's locked right here. And it's a memory that no one can ever take to me and I can access it anytime I want. I can access it and remember Jeremiah, nine years old, coming out and impersonating every member of the family and nailing it. And when he would come out to do the impression, you'd just go, please don't do me. Please don't do me. Please don't do me. It's locked. It's mine. It's, it's mine. Sabbath is an opportunity for friends and family. But so after they found Mary and Joseph, they, they, it says they saw the baby. But uh, come on, they didn't just see a baby. The, the angels told them, it's, it's the Savior. It's the Messiah. It's the Lord. Write this down. Sabbath is an opportunity for worship. Sabbath is an opportunity for worship. Like this is one of our core practices, Sunday worship. You know, uh, for, for most of, our, of Christianity, the, the, the Christians, have, we have practiced our Sabbath primarily on Sunday. You don't have to be locked into Sunday for your Sabbath, but every seven days you need to be having a Sabbath. And as Christians, Sunday has always worked really well for us for thousands of years. Why? Because it's a marker. And what I love about Sunday worship is it drives in a habit and a rhythm to Sabbath. Every seven days, I am stopping from my work. Every seven days, nothing is gonna come before me and my God. Every seven days, I am stopping and I'm saying, you know what, the yard can wait. The grocery list can wait. The games can wait. This work can wait. And I, now I, I recognize and realize that some of you have obligations and in the world we live in that some of that does not wait. I get all that, but what I'm saying is is that you're gonna make a declaration and what you're doing right now in this place is you're saying nothing matters more than my Messiah. Nothing. That's why you're here. Because you say, no, he... He is the one who guides me. He is the one who leads me. He sets the rhythm for my week. You are, good. you are set up right now for an incredible week. Why? Because you stopped. You came into the house of God. You've rested your soul. You've rested your mind. You've got prostrate before God, humbled yourself before him, filled yourself with his word and his spirit. Try to tell me that the week ahead of you has any challenges for you that you cannot overcome. That's what you're doing right now. That's the joy of Sabbath. Sabbath is an opportunity for worship. So we also see, though, that the shepherds, that when they found Jesus, they, they found him not teaching, not on a throne, not performing miracles. They found him lying in a manger, resting. Write this down. Sabbath is an opportunity for rest. Sabbath is an opportunity for rest. And this is not just taking a nap. I want, I want you to think of, of rest 
like recreation. What could you do that would replenish your soul? What could you do that would replenish your spirit? What is it that you do in life that when you're done doing it, you're like, man, I feel amazing. What is it you do in life that brings you great joy? When we read this book earlier this year, I, I recognized and realized that I was not really practicing Sabbath like I thought I was. And I went all in. I said, okay, I'm gonna make it a 24-hour Sabbath. And I'd never really done that before. I'd kind of done the worship thing and had done a kind of half-day deal, done some stuff with my kids. But I said, what if I took 24 hours? And so mine is, for me personally, I do it sundown to sundown. I do it on Saturday night at six and Sunday till six. You don't have to do that. That's just when I do it. And, and what I found is, what's interesting this year, what I found for myself is, I'm like, whoa, I'm not having a lot of fun in life. I'm working a lot. I'm accomplishing a lot. But where's the fun? This is really challenging for me. And I said, I gotta find ways to have fun. I gotta I got replenish my soul. What's fun for you? Do you have a hobby? Like some of you are like, what's, what's a hobby? Hurry is my hobby. That's my hobby. I just that's, I do that all day long. What's, what's your hobby? Do you have something that you enjoy? I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's knitting. When's the last time you knitted something? I mean, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Terry Snelling, when's the last time you knitted something? I mean, come on, when's the last time you did? You, that sweater, you knitted that sweater? That's amazing. That looks... You got that motorcycle that's in the garage that you, you need to dust off, right? You're like, when's the last time you rode that? And by the way, if you need somebody to come dust it off, moi, I'll come dust it off. I'll ride it today for you <laughs> for Sabbath. What, I mean, what do you, do you enjoy board games? I mean, do you, I don't enjoy board games. Our kids don't enjoy board games. We never did that because we ended up hating each other. We're all so highly competitive. We just get angry just tossing the dice all over the house. Like, well, we're not gonna be playing games. Let's go back, let's go back to talent show. Let's go back to talent show. But what is, is it going for a walk? Is it going to a museum? Is it maybe it's taking a nap? I don't know, but but what is it that it, that is recreation and joy? This is what you should be practicing. You should be spending time with friends and family. You should be spending time in worship. You should be spending time doing things that you love. Enjoying this world and the life that God has given to you. The creator, he, he created all of this for you and for me. And we're just blowing right through it. And he's like, Dude, you're missing it. Now stop, stop, you're, you're missing the whole reason I created he says, I created all this for you, that the world that we are in, it's not like it's this big, huge, corrupt thing that we gotta get, they're evil and we gotta get away from you. I understand that part, but I'm saying like creation. He said, I made all of this for you. I gave you breath in your lungs, not so one day I can get to glory land. Yes, but no, so you can experience glory here. You can experience joy here, but so many of us are, are just hurrying right through it. John Mark Comer says this, Sabbath is an anchor. It's the anchor discipline of the people of God. Sabbath is about ruthlessly eliminating hurry from your life. It's exchanging pressure for, for peace. I mean, chaos and for calm running endlessly for, for rest. 
Sabbath is this invitation for restoration. I'd like for you to stand if you are able. I wanna invite our prayer team to come. We're gonna move into this time of prayer and communion. What is it that God is speaking to you today? What, where is it that the Lord is, is talking to you? Like maybe you're here today and, and you need hope. This, there's hope in this place today. Do you need healing? Do you need forgiveness? Do you need restoration? Do you need something in your life needs to be restored and re, reborn and resurrected? Guess what? There's healing in this place today. There's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness here in this place. Do you need peace? There's peace here for you. Man, this is a whole series has been about peace. You say, man, I just need this. God says, I want to give you peace today. Maybe as you wind up 2023, it's about purpose. You're like, I don't even know where my life is going. I don't, this year feels just wasted to me. God says, I have a purpose for you. Your life does have meaning. So we're gonna come and we're gonna receive today. That the cup, it represents the blood of Christ shed so that you could experience his grace and mercy. If you need that, you're gonna come to the table and receive grace and mercy and forgiveness to you. The bread represents his body. He knows, Jesus knows a thing or two about hurry. And he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest is at these tables today. I'm gonna pray and, and then we're gonna come. The, you're gonna take the bread and you're gonna dip it into the cup receive the sacraments and then if you would return to your seat we're gonna we're gonna worship together worship our lord worship our savior you'll exit your row to the right there's tables in the front if this is your first time to take the sacraments this is open to anybody who's seeking after jesus if you are seeking after jesus you're welcome to come to the table and receive today father we come now to receive we come now because of your son for a baby that grew to be a man, the son of God. His death, his resurrection made a way for us to live again. And for that, we are thankful in Jesus' name, amen. And when you're ready, you can come. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.